building better relationships at home and at work for people who have more than enough on their plate. Two coaches dangling the possibility of finding joy in your relationships. Do you dare to consider life can be better? Have a listen and tell us why. In this episode, Being Your Authentic Me in Relationships, we have a special guest, Davina Lyons. She will be sharing about being your authentic me and so much more. Davina Lyons is the founder of the Authentic Me Community and Workshops for Women, a safe space for women to collectively do the work of self-awareness and resilience. This means discovering more about and redefining themselves, along with elevating their personal life standards. Davina has personally overcome a lot of hardships, childhood trauma, multiple miscarriages, abusive relationships, and unfulfilling careers. She learned from her journey that those challenging experiences do not define her life. And now she's on a mission to help women love and embrace their authentic selves so they will live their best life and reach their highest potential. Hi, Davina. Welcome. Please tell us and the listeners about you, your journey, and why you became so passionate about being authentic. Of course. Well, thank you. First of all, thank you for having me. Very excited to do this, Patty and Angela. I am, I'm, I'm grateful. Uh, any, any chance I get to share uh, my story and to reach out to more women, I'm grateful for that. So I think the intro did a wonderful job of really summarizing a lot of what I experienced. And just to, you know, in terms of my growth journey, it it was just that. It was about my experiences and about observing my life and realizing that if I continued to live the way that I was living in terms of feeling poorly about myself because of a lot of my experiences and not really loving myself that I would continue to have those same poor experiences. So it was really, I had to stop and and realize what I wanted out of life and who I really, I didn't really know who I was. I mean, if I asked the question, who am I? I didn't really have an answer. I just had lived so far off the trajectory of my life, what my life should have been, that I just kept, you know, one disappointment after another. And so I had to take ownership of my life. I had to, I couldn't blame people. I couldn't blame the past. The past is the past. It's gone. I had to stay in the present, in the now. I choose better. And it it really came down to one question, and that was, you want to live or die. And I know that sounds very extreme, but the truth of the matter is I believe that every day that we wake up, that's the choice that we're making, either to live or to die in the sense of choices that we make get us one step closer to one or the other. If we choose to live, then we do things that bring us joy and things that help us flourish. And if we choose to die, we make poor choices that, again, dampens our light. And so for me, I realized that I needed to make better choices and I needed to somehow reconcile my past and the 
poor experiences I had. And once I caught on to what that looked like and began to work on myself, I realized it's not, it's not that difficult. And I wanted to help other women do the same thing. In a long way, I hope I answered your question. <laughs> yes, yeah, you, you did. did. Yeah, that, that was amazing. I, I don't think it's too extreme to ask that question, do you want to live or die? I think that's a very important question and a question that people now, maybe during this time of post-pandemic, are ready to actually start looking at, not maybe answering it, but that they're ready to look. So, Davina, can you explain to us what is authentic me? Tell us about that. So, again, over, over my growth journey, I realized that I didn't know who I was. And so when I started to really understand that the key is really self-awareness, the key is really looking within. I spent a lot of my younger years in my 20s and 30s blaming everything around me for my situation and circumstance. And that didn't help me at all. And I had an experience where I got really upset about something. And I won't take the time to tell that story, but I will say that the lesson from that experience was someone said to me, you need to take responsibility. You need to understand what your, how you contributed to this situation. And that was the first time, and I was in my 20s at the time, but it was the first time that I even thought about it that way. But I still didn't really heed that until I got a bit older. And once I realized that, I thought, okay, it's about me. It's about turning the lens inward, seeing myself. And that's where authentic me comes in because I don't think that many people think they're being authentic, but the truth of the matter is they are still dancing to the beat of somebody's drum other than their own. And, and that is sometimes they're not aware of it just because they've been doing it for so long. And a lot of who we are has everything to do with our deep identity. It has everything to do with, you know, our environment. And, and when you really, when you get to that age and stage in your life where you realize that, hey, you know, I've been doing this because I've been people pleasing. Or I've been doing this because I needed to fit in so that, you know, I didn't lose something that I valued, that I had a fear of losing or something like that. Whether it's your career, whether it's your relationship, it doesn't matter. There are so many compromises that are made. And so I started to think about how can I get, and I started out with Tribe Authentic Woman, as you know, Patty. Mm -hmm. I started out with Tribe Authentic Woman in 2018. And I was putting emphasis on tribe, bringing women together, community connectedness. And after doing that for a bit, I realized, no, that's not it. It's still not it. What I need is women to look within. So what better way than to just say authentic me? Even if you're not living authentically yet, if you really focus in on the different various lenses and ways you can look at your life, it will come into focus. And it is really about focusing within with yourself. So that's where authentic me came from. And I rebranded that in January of 2020, I think. Yeah. <laughs> When the pandemic hit, yes, 2020. <laughs> yes, we lose track of time now. Yeah. yeah. I really love Tribe. It was wonderful. Thank you. Still the same. It's just going online really exposed me to more women versus being in person. And we started out in person with Tribe. 
So I do like that it became virtual. Yes, because you got to see people from all over. Right. Yeah. 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 And they got to hear the message and learn from you. Right. Davino, why do people hide behind a mask? Yeah, it's it's really, again, it's just for all those reasons that I mentioned is that, you know, people really want, our greatest need is to belong. Our greatest need is to belong. We all want to belong. And, and it's to be loved and to be nurtured. And sometimes it's just downright survival. And I, I just think that at a young age, people are taught ways in which to do that, ways in which to survive, ways in which to, I mean, if you think about kids in school, I'm a middle school teacher and I see it at a very young age, you know, 13, 14 years old, I see, and it starts even before that, I see the need for people to fit in. So that's why you have your groups and your cliques. It starts very, very young wearing a mask just to get along. You know, a person may, a young person may feel one way about something, but there's this group that they really feel like they'd be much more accepted if they were a part of. So they change their persona so that they can become a part of that group. I see it all the time with the young people. And I realize that it's like dreadful to be on your own to a lot of people. Again, it's it's dreadful to look at yourself. So it's easier to say what you see on the outside and want to be a part of it and fit in. And that to me is where the mask wearing begins when you're young, into the marriage or whatever type of relationship you have, your friends, it's like, I just want to belong. I just want to be accepted. And it takes a long time for some people to get to a, a space where they don't care about that. You know, it's tough. Davina, can I ask about the age where you see that wanting to fit into a social group start? Because kids, like preschool age, they're pretty much like learning how to walk and talk and play. But where do you see the masks really starting to come into separating kids out, like into different cliques? That's a fantastic question. And the research that I've done, and I have done a lot on identity because the foundation and the basis, a lot of what I do has to do with identity. And so I want to say that research says from the age of zero to seven, you are not really capable of making a lot of meaning of what's going on around you from zero to seven you're you're really reacting to the stimulus that is around you you're you're you know you're concerned about obviously survival so but you're not really rationalizing things around the age seven eight years old is when you start to do that that's when you're able to look around make meaning and say hmm if I do this, then this is the reaction I'll get. Now, babies even know that, but it, it's not the same. It's not a, because babies are reacting to the way you treat them. But again, it's about being nurtured. But there are additional, there's additional stimuli for like an eight-year-old, because now you're at that stage where you want to bargain for things. You want uh, you know, whatever the toy is or the game or the phone or all the things that young people are wanting now. Now you learn how to, for lack of a better term, manipulate your environment. 
So I believe it starts as young as seven to eight years old. And that's that's pretty much what the research that I've done said. And so at that point, uh, from that point on, and if you can imagine, depending on the life that that child has, the home, is it a safe home or not? It could be anywhere from negotiating just a good night's sleep and not be, you know, experiencing trauma. And when you get a little bit older and you realize what you can negotiate with, whatever that may be, that is where the mask wearing has to come because you're navigating your world. Great. I think that's very helpful to understand around that seven, eight year marker. That's where we start really adapting a mask or wearing a mask. And I think manipulating can have a positive aspect and a negative aspect. And I think that might help people understand if it starts at seven and then, like you're saying, as you get older and start learning about these tools that you can use to manipulate your environment, that's, um, for me, I see it like teenage. That's when you start to learn how to manipulate (laughs) the tools. Yeah, we'll talk about that a bit more. Mm -hmm. So the question we wanted to ask was like, what are some tips to remove the mask and be authentic? Maybe tips for, well, we can say tips in general, but if if something comes to you for teens or for adults, what what are some tips? Well, I think the reason why my logo and a lot of my branding has uh, camera lenses, again, it's all about the different lenses and the ways in which you want to look at yourself. I'm going to say, you know, first and foremost, the number one thing is to love yourself. And I, and, and that's such a cliche. Um, I, you know, you hear people say it all the time, love yourself, love yourself, but it really, really is important. And so you can at least start with liking yourself and then develop that love affair with yourself. Young people, it's tricky because they think they do. They think they do love themselves. They, they, they are, you know, they don't see it any other way. So you have to ask the question of, well, if the behavior that you are experiencing isn't good for you, isn't working well for you, you're not being good to yourself, do you love yourself? You know, do you really love yourself? Tips is, again, it has to do with being honest about how you feel. But before you can get someone to do that, they have to realize that there's a problem. A lot of times they don't necessarily realize there's a problem because like I said, when I was younger, I blamed everything outside of me. And since I blamed everything outside of me, I didn't realize that I was the, had anything to do with the way my life was turning out until someone pointed that out to me. So the first thing is, We have to be open to receive information from people that we love and trust. When I'm dealing with young people, I, of course, don't want to encourage them to listen to everyone. But definitely, the people that you love and trust, start there. And and look at your behavior. Look at how you're living your life and how is it working for you? What brings you joy? And is it something that serves you well without any consequence that's negative? Young people need to be more mindful. If I want to start with, when I say young people, I work with teens and young adults a lot. 
And I say that we have to start with mindfulness. We have to start with getting them to process without anxiety. They are so high with anxiety. Everything makes them anxious. Everything makes them, they're the most sensitive. This They say Gen Z, they are the most sensitive. And I have this discussion with my students in the classroom and they tell me, you're, you know, they tell me, you're right. Everything freaks us out now because we're in a freaked out society right now. <laughs> and I get it. Look at what's happening around them. So to instill confidence, to, to build courage and confidence is to continually reinforce uh, positives about themselves, to get them to understand you are capable of so much more than you realize. And all we can do, those of us who understand this growth journey thing, is to continually share the positives, reinforce it, reaffirm, you know, give them opportunities to succeed. And when they don't, help them fail forward and then continually reinforce positives. I don't, I mean, it's a tough thing. And there are multiple lenses that we see ourselves through. There are multiple things, our identity, our behavior. Uh, you know, that's why I do various workshops on all those different angles, because it's not a one and done, and it's not easy, and it's not a quick thing. It's a lifelong journey, it really is. Yes, it is, to look within yourself and to really say, who am I? What have I done to get here? Right. What was the cause and the effect of this that I did in the past to now and how can I change that in the future right. and just evolve from that learning yourself and how you treat others as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And your understanding who you are is the biggest task. And you know, there's so many tools and there's so many things that we can do. Some of us more seasoned individuals. Well, we, you know, those of us that are coaches or that are open to self-help and growth and, and personal development stuff, that's not a big deal for us. We're open to it. We're looking for it. I think the tough thing is to get, you know, people who aren't there to even begin the journey. They're so busy living life, whether it be an abundant life or one of lack, they don't stop to really see what they're doing or how they're living. That's why when I started the workshops, I wanted to do something monthly because I did not want someone to think you can go to one workshop or one something and it's an instant fix. You know, it's a continual process and it's, there's so much involved, including being a part of a community. Very, very important to have someone to hold a mirror up for you because you may not hold it up for yourself. Right. <laughs> Very true. Well, Davina, I'm going to move on to another subject, and it's and I want to personally thank you for writing your personal story in the book called "The Lemonade Stand from Sour to Sweet." You are truly inspirational to others overcoming past childhood traumas. Could you please share a little bit about the book and why you decided to write your specific chapter? 
Sure. I just love the book. It it's very good. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, so Michelle Faust is um, is the woman who brought all of us together. Eighteen more women, including herself. So there's nineteen profiles in the book. Nineteen stories. And at the time that she um, approached me, I had no idea just how deep I would go with my story. But once I sat down and started to write, and it was my first time writing my story, you know, it 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 just it it all came out. Um, in fact, gives me chills thinking about yeah, it. <laughs> it's a lot more lemons than lemonade, that's for sure. Uh, <laughs> so after I went back and read it, I'm like, man, I should have put a little bit more sugar in that lemonade. <laughs> um, I I will say that um, I've never been ashamed to share my experiences in my life because I always felt like those experiences um, did not happen for just any reason. It happened. There's purpose behind everything. So I simply believe that. So sharing my story um, had to do with being purpose-driven and feeling like um, I could help women. I could, I could help someone to understand you're not alone and you're not the only one. I know that I'm not the only one. And there are some women out there who had experiences far worse than I had. Uh, I, I just knew that um, it would help. It would help someone. And and believing that, I was open to sharing it. And it's also part of my authentic journey. It's a part of me being authentic and taking my mask off, and not worrying about what people think or thought of me um, once reading my story. It's empowering to tell your story. Uh, I, I encourage people to to do that and not to tell it, you know, to continue to wallow in it, but to tell it so that someone else can be freed from their story that they're afraid to share. And Davina, we will have the link to the book in the show notes, mm -hmm. in the podcast show notes for people if they want to read the book. Excellent. Okay. Davina, you have also a workshop specifically for teens mm -hmm. and young adults and a mindfulness journal. So can you share about the workshop and the journal? Yeah, sure. So that's something that I mentioned earlier that, you know, um, the way to help young people is to get them to be much more mindful and to try and reduce the anxiety that they experience. Um, so I, I talk a lot about metacognition. Um, I really... When I, I, I do it in my classroom as well, in the beginning of the school year, as I'm getting to know the students, I make sure that I spend a couple weeks actually working on just that um, growth mindset, metacognition, and all of those things. And it's really um, very important to first open their eyes to the fact that, you know, you can, again, it's back to that left or right, death or life. It's about choices. Which way will you go? And so um, I work with them on understanding that it's important for them to think. Just it's important to think, period. But think about what you're thinking about. Think about what you're doing. So metacognition is thinking about thinking in the simplest of terms, right? We go on autopilot. 
and we don't think young people they're you know a lot of it is their amygdala right they're not they're not it's the way they're wired they're not at that level yet that level of maturity to where they can reason so if i can just get them to press pause and think <laughs> you're going to make decisions but if you just you know when my my son when he would leave for school every morning i would say to him make good make good choices and i'd say that every morning just so that i could leave that on his mind so maybe he would press pause before doing something at school and go oh my mom said make good choices <laughs> did that work a lot of times it did a lot of times it didn't <laughs> but 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 it's it's about bringing awareness. So I don't think we talk enough, we tell young people enough of the truth at this state. I think we need to be more um, transparent and explain to them exactly why we want them to live, do, and be a certain way. And so I'm very transparent with them about life, about what they can expect on their journey unless they start to think and make good choices. Um, I also do workshops on teen conflict resolution. Uh, you know, the way they choose to handle conflict is different the way than what mature people do. <laughs> so it's like, you know, you don't settle a beef in the middle of a crowd. You just don't do that. You know, let's get a one-to-one -one where you can talk <laughs> to someone and now you don't have to show off for everybody. So things like that, you know, we do in workshops. Awesome. And yes. and the mindfulness journal, is that something people can purchase and work with their own teenager? How does that integrate? Yes. Oh, yes. yes. So it's on Amazon um, and not and don't buy the Kindle version. <laughs> that doesn't work so well with a journal. I just don't know why it was published that way. But it but there is the it's a soft copy six by nine book. Um, it's very uh, I think it's Again, it's about getting them to think every day, right? So the mindfulness journal is just to just to kind of keep track of thoughts, keep track of um, you know how you're feeling, what's going well, what's not. I mean, it, it's kind of a it's it's perfect because it's not too much, but it's there are enough prompts. I think that that you know a young person would have some fun and putting their thoughts down first thing in the morning and then being able to check back in the evening and um, and just kind of track how their day is going or how their days are in general. Awesome. Great. So Davina, I wanted to deep go deeper into what makes kids bully other kids. You mentioned about resolving conflict and sometimes they mm -hmm. use that drama of mm -hmm. resolving it publicly mm -hmm. what makes kids bully other kids is it because they don't have conflict skills or is there other factors involved conflict resolution skills well lacking? you know i think bullies i think bullies are a whole different you know conflict can arise it can be good or bad healthy conflict not you know that's one thing but i think the notion uh. of bullying someone the notion of bullying someone to me has to do with um, hurting people hurt people. So I I definitely believe that, you know, when a young person is in some pain, it only 
to them, it only makes sense to inflict pain on someone else. And sometimes um, they're going through some things at home where they're being bullied and they their outlet is to unleash on someone else or their self-esteem is low. They don't feel good about themselves. So let's make someone else feel poor. I, I just think it's, it really is that simple. Um, all behavior, all behavior is a form of communication. I often ask my students when I pull one out because of behavior, my, you know, instead of being punitive, the first thing I ask is, what are you trying to tell me? And they'll be like, hmm, I'll say, all behavior, and this is what I mean about being transparent. You have to really explain to them exactly where you're coming from. So I say to them, that that's not something I say aside from them. I say it to them. All behavior is communication. What are you trying to tell me right now? With what you just did in the classroom, you're trying to tell me something. You want me to notice something. What is it? And every single time I get so much out of that conversation, I find out things sometimes that are heartbreaking that they're going through at home, you know, and it's not just making up an excuse. It's genuine. I get genuine tears. I get genuine hurt. It's, you know, we're going to move. I just found out we're going to move or I just found out, you know, there's so many things that I hear. It's heartbreaking. You want to jump in and solve it. But but really, that kid was just super mean to another kid in the room or picked on him or whatever. And that's really what it boiled down to. So hurting people hurt people. And kids especially do that. And, and in addition to that, Davina, have you seen, you said earlier, the Gen Z generation mm -hmm. are more sensitive so is bullying increasing because these kids are more sensitive? How does that work from your past experience of kids to the present generation? I actually see them different. So the the kids that are that I see as sensitive are the ones that withdraw, the ones that cut, the ones that they're they're probably the ones that are being bullied. Um, okay. but they're not the bullies. Um they're are pockets and different types of um, situations with, with our young people now. You have really those that are really outward and boisterous and their way of coping is to is see me, see me, know that I'm here, know that I exist and I'm gonna make sure you see me because I'm not gonna stop talking. I'm not gonna stop picking on other kids. I'm not gonna stop getting out of my seat even though you tell me to stop. I'm going to do everything I can for you to see me. And by the way, that was the kid that, that I was. Okay. okay. And then there's the kids. Who, yeah, that was who I was. The kids who are withdrawn, who are quiet, who are introspective, introverted, shy. Those are the ones that may be secretly cutting and hurting themselves because they just can't hurt someone else. So totally different. Um, and I deal with both. Uh, I think, unfortunately, it's like they both wake up in the morning, somebody's chasing, somebody's being chased. Gotcha. Wow. It's the, yeah. It's the lion or the gazelle. Yeah. Yeah. 
So is it is bullying actually on the increase or is it more like there's a general society increased awareness about say this social and emotional struggles that kids are going through now because those emotions are worse yeah i think the social emotional struggle is more so i don't i don't it's hard for me to speak for what's happening because it really does have to do with the environment right so i'm just in one okay. environment uh in my school in my environment no not as much bullying um, I actually see a lot more empathy and compassion one to the other. I see kids kind of pulling together and sticking up for one another. Um, but I do see a lot of anxiety. I see a lot of one kid won't ask a question or get out of their seat to come get help or to do anything, or they won't let you know they need help. Another kid will come on, on their behalf and turn their paper in or say, you know, so-and-so is not feeling well, can they go to the nurse? You know, it's like, I've just noticed that, and and I'm very open, and they, they, they tell me, oh, you know, they love me, but sometimes just the notion of asking a question is just too hard for them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's so valuable, what you just shared about the environment. So mm -hmm. someone like yourself in their environment can make a huge difference but if they go to a school where there's no metacognition or no right. people with skills to communicate or to create harmony so another student can step forward on behalf of another student um, then conflict can result or people can do more self-harm or bullying on social media which is a passive aggressive form of getting out there see me come see me come see me <laughs> behave yeah. Yeah. yeah i'm here yeah. yeah so all the more importance i think to share your workshops and and help kids teens get that ability to understand their emotions and then how to deal with communicating mm -hmm. especially these absolutely. days when we're we're not physically together absolutely yeah, I, I had a student say to me recently, she's, you know, she says, you know, you're my favorite teacher. And I said, I hear that. And I think, oh, that's really sweet. Well, thank you. And I said, can I ask why? I'm just curious. And she said, because you care about our insides. Oh, how sweet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And I, I thought, wow, I'd never had it quite, you know, put, stated put that, that way. way. Yeah. Yeah, so that was that was really good. She said you care, and that came from us spending the time with the metacognition and talking about mindset, growth mindset, and doing some fun stuff like color. We do the true colors, um, you know. So now I get them to understand a little bit more about themselves, their personality profiles, and things like that. That's huge, and a lot of people don't do that with kiddos. Um, and I'm not the only teacher at my school that's that's doing that, which is really good. Oh, fantastic. And that's, that's what they need is compassion, empathy, and also structure of how, right. how to deal with conflict and to love and like themselves as Absolutely. well as others. You, you do important work, Davina. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Well, I think I'm serving not only my adult self, but I'm serving the, the youth in, within me, the, the young person. I, I often look back on who she was. And I think, man, this is what she needed. And so yes. that's why I keep doing it. 
Yes. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Davina, can you please tell us how our listeners can find you and contact you about your products, services, and workshops? Absolutely. So my website is DavinaLyons.com. Um, try to make that easy. And <laughs> Lion <laughs> no, with a Y. <laughs> yes, that's important, right? Yes. Lion with a Y. Yes. Um, so, yeah. So DavinaLyons.com. I also have a link tree with um, links to different things on which I, of course, don't have that. But it's my link tree is also Davina Lyons. I try to make everything my name so that you can easily find me, search me up on social media. I am on Facebook. I have many groups, as you know, Patty. Yes. <laughs> I have a huge presence on Facebook. Um, Facebook, uh, Twitter, LinkedIn, I'm all over the place. Uh, I even have TikTok that I'm afraid to use. Oh, wow. <laughs> I want so badly to make TikToks, but I'm just, I'm a chicken. I got to work on that. <laughs> got to work on that. Yeah. Too much I can't wait. Yeah. I'm not on TikTok yet. So I think TikTok's fun. I really do. <laughs> I like yeah. TikTok. I like to watch it. Um, but yeah, I am, uh, I'm definitely, uh, DavinaLyons.com is where you can get pretty much most of the information in terms of what I'm doing. Uh, I'm excited this summer. We're going to do a special um, My Authentic Lens. It's what it's called. It'll be a half day workshop in person, Patty. Oh, good. I can't Mesa. wait. In Yay. Mesa. What Aww. I'm thinking of doing is also, um, and I haven't, you know, my, my partner in crime, Pemi, I haven't... Um, I haven't, I haven't presented this to her yet, but I'd like to have like a Zoom and do virtual and in person at the same time. I recently went to a workshop where that was very successful and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do that. I like that. Sounds good. Yeah. So. That way Angela can join us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yep. So summer 2022, I'm booking it and uh, I'll, you know, more to come on that. But my authentic lens is, is really going to be um, um, a lot of the tools and things that we've gone over in our workshops. It's going to cover that so that people can really walk away um, with, with the tools and the resources to sort of, um, you know, do a deep dive on who they are and, get a better understanding and then um, you know how can they how can they now move forward with this newfound information and newfound relationship with self uh, to make choices that serve them well I love how you said make good choices I'm going to start saying that to myself every day yeah make good choices <laughs> I did write a blog post on that I heard somebody say that one time when I was at a restaurant and I was like, wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Right. It takes some practice understanding what a good choice is. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and some trial and error and making right. bad choices. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I learned you through think that. You're making the right choice and it winds up not being the right choice, but that's how you learn and move through life. And, and I'm glad you said that, Patty, because I think that's essential and it's something that I haven't brought up is that your experiences build on one another, right? And so yes. if you're not walking away 
taking the best of those experiences. I don't care how bad the experience is, but taking the best of those experiences as newfound knowledge. And that's how you personally grow and develop. You have to have experiences and you have to be able to look at those experiences in a healthy way and be okay instead of falling apart and, and realize, okay, this didn't work out or I made this choice and the outcome was this, but from that I learned and then run with that. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, that helped me so much to be able to accept the good within the bad and then say, okay, now I know. Now I know, so I'm not going to do that again. And next time I'll have the courage to do a bit more. So yeah, that's very important, Patty. I'm glad you brought that up. Yes, it's important also when you're, when you've made the choice not to continue to keep making that same choice and to learn from that experience. Right, right. Because <laughs> the Absolutely. cycle will continue if you don't learn from it. Absolutely. I, and, and you have to be Socratic with yourself. You have to ask yourself questions. Um, that's the other thing is that I teach young people to develop questions about what they see and what they experience. Um, because after you, as you ask yourself the right questions, the answers, that's where the gold is, is in the answers. A lot of times people just kind of coast through life, not analyzing their experiences at all or their life. They just are on autopilot and or at the mercy of everything and everything, everyone around them. And that's not empowering. It's not good, you know, because when you feel like you have more control and the better you know yourself, the better you're able to navigate that control, then you are going to have and manifest really good experiences. But that's not something you can just tell someone. They have to learn that. They have to learn to walk in that way. That makes sense. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense to me. It's kind of like when you're in that seven to eight year bracket of life, you're learning to wear the mask. You've got to put on the mask, play that character, and then learn that it's just a mask. And that takes, that's a journey in itself, learning that I'm put on this mask because I want to be part of society, but then I've got to learn how to let go of that identity. And then I've got to start asking the questions. So I love that you're teaching the young people to ask, because if they just got yeah. that at school, that would help them learn that they can be more creative with their identity. Exactly. Now think about this though, because emotions are tied to just about everything, right? So you think about with a young person, let's go back to that seventh or eighth year in life. And you, you know, something you really, really like, or some hairstyle or something, for instance, a girl, let's just come up with an example. Um, and in someone you really love, like your dad or your mom, makes a negative comment about it. Mm. This is where you now say, you may have loved this particular style, but mom and dad, who you love so much, they don't like it. So that's like the very beginning of pleasing. You're gonna now go away from what you naturally aspire towards 
and go with what you think mom and dad would be happy. Now, our young people nowadays are just really like fucking to do the opposite of what mom and dad wants. But mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's like, it's interesting. But But take it, if it's not mom and dad, it's that first boyfriend or girlfriend. Mm-hmm. One comment can destroy a person and they will change to please that other person because they put more value on that other person than they do themselves. So getting, when I'm working with older women, going back and looking at identity, to me, that's a root, a very deep root. But sometimes we're actually able to trace back to those roots. You know what I mean? If we really think about and ask ourselves the questions, why did you go like with careers? You know, people start with a career because mom and dad wanted them to be this thing that's nothing to do with the way they were purposed to be. And then they wake up one day and say, this is, this is, this is it. Right. (laughs) This isn't even what I wanted. Yeah. I'm an artist. I'm a musician. I'm this, I'm that. No, I don't want to be an accountant. Nothing and, wrong with accountants, but I'm right. not an accountant, right? Right. It's not their passion. It's not right. And they're just going through the motions. Not right. Living the moments. But it didn't start when they got that job. It no. started when they were eight. Yes. <laughs> That's the scary part. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. If, if the <laughs> listeners can start reflecting back now when they were eight right. years old, if you can remember, <laughs> but they'll probably have a memory right now. They're thinking, yeah, that's when all my problems started. <laughs> no blaming of parents. Let them go. I yes. Say that parents did the best they knew how to do, and maybe they needed some of this work too. Yes. Sure. I, I was actually reflecting on me as a parent. Uh-huh. Yeah, me too. I get mm-hmm. yeah. Yes. Absolutely. I apologize to my son for a few things when he turned 21. <laughs> it's like, I'm so sorry. I didn't know any better. Yeah. I've, um, I've apologized to my children too for things that I've done and said. Yeah. Yeah. But, and you know, we were growing and learning as parents, as human beings. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. No, no doubt. Um, it's it's tough. It's really tough to um, to wake up one day and realize, you know, I haven't been living authentically. You know, I haven't been myself. I've been what I thought others wanted me to be. Right, and we've all been there. Absolutely, absolutely, and it's a journey coming away from. You know, you catch yourself. I, I know I do. I what I think is interesting though is that I look at my pictures in my twenties and thirties. I mean I'm fifty-seven and I feel now so much younger, so much more vibrant, so much happier. My thirties, ugh. I yes. I look at the pictures and I can see I was an old lady then and not then. <laughs> um, um, I'm the opposite. I'm like Benjamin Button. I'm going backwards. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it has everything to do with how I feel inside. And that's one of my quotes, if you've ever heard me say it, is that um, we see inward what uh, what we, we feel inward what we see outward. And, and so it's like, 
there's a great connection um, between our environment and how we feel. And, you know, if, if you don't like how you feel, change what you see. That's Thank great. You. That is great advice. Yeah. <laughs> Easier said than done. Yes. Very but much. That's why yeah. I have a workshop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's why I have And on, ongoing, as that's you said, right. ongoing workshops to build that community as well. So Davina, thank you so much for sharing everything today. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with the listeners? Um, yes, I think uh, I want to I give some tips here. I want to say that uh, five steps. One, ask yourself if you are living true to yourself or if you're compromising in any area of your life. Um, and then number two, be honest in your answer. Mm -hmm. Number three, make a choice to change it. Four, believe in yourself enough to follow through with that choice. And five, celebrate and love yourself as the life that you deserve begins to unfold. That would be my advice. Those are powerful questions. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Davina, for sharing with us and our listeners. Davina sure did give us a lot to think about on how to be authentic. We would love to hear your tips, strategies, or inspiring stories on building better relationships at home and at work, or about this particular podcast topic. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening to Building Better Relationships with Angela and Patty. Send us a message. And please like or share the podcast or donate with the Anchor Donate button. We really value your feedback.